Welcome back to another episode of the Can Do MS podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Rosalind Call. Today, I'm excited to welcome back Dr. Terry Walls for episode 112. If you didn't catch our first conversation with Dr. Walls, be sure to go back and check out episode 107 for the full picture of Dr. Walls' journey. Today, we're going to talk about what Dr. Walls is currently working on. Welcome back, Terry. I'm glad we are having an opportunity to continue our conversation. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Okay, what I want to do now is turn to your current research, which I know you're very, very excited about, the efficacy of diet on quality of life in MS. Can you tell us what that study is specifically looking at and how it builds on your prior work? Okay, so uh, I, I'm, I'm thrilled uh, we had a donor, actually a patient of mine who was uh, grateful, uh, uh, say she wanted to support our research. Uh, and so she gave us a substantial gift, which is allowing us to follow people for two years, including with MRIs. And the question is, what is the effect of diet on uh, quality of life, uh, on fatigue, on walking function, hand function, vision function, and on brain structure as measured by MRIs. Um, we'll have three arms, uh, and one arm is usual diet where people get monthly tips from us uh, that um, are basically encourage them to eat more of these radical things known as vegetables, uh, reduce the sugar, uh, cooking videos and tips. So that's the control arm. The two interventions arms, uh, one is a ketogenic diet, that uses olive oil, um, uh, which I think is much uh, more heart healthy and heart friendly than a lot of the ketogenic diets that are uh, lean so hard on uh, butter and cheese. Uh, and then um, the other arm is the modified paleo uh, diet that we used in the study that was funded by the MS Society. Uh, uh, so uh, we're, we're continuing to investigate diet um, uh, and what's how it's building is we now get to follow people for two years and we're adding MRIs. You know, and I want to make clear that we don't know um, if we're gonna see any difference because the, you know, the people who wanna be in diet studies, wanna be in diet studies because they wanna fix their diet. Uh, and so they're not quite like the general public who's eating the standard American diet. Uh, it's quite, quite possible that our usual care arm with the monthly tips that we're gonna give them to improve their diet, actually do improve their diet. And we know that people who enroll in dietary studies want to improve their diet. So even the control arms, uh, if they don't give them any tips, still improve their diet. So it's possible that all three diets are gonna do better uh, between the enrollment and the 24 months. It's possible that the keto diet may, may stand out the best or the uh, paleo diet may stand out the best. Could you just define what you mean by quality of life? Well, um, what we are gonna use for our definition uh, are, uh, we'll take a, a survey of 45 questions, the MS quality of life survey that people will answer. And it has been, uh, analyzed 
to measure our mental health quality of life in terms mm -hmm. of mood uh, and our social functioning. It also measures our physical health quality of life in terms of what we can do physically uh, in terms of our daily life. Uh, uh, doing things like um, vacuuming, uh, moving furniture, taking walks, uh, uh, how well our hands work. Uh, and, uh, and really, from my point of view, as a patient who, who has experienced profound disability, I think quality of life measures are, are profoundly important. Uh, and to me, as a patient, I cared a whole lot more about could I function than I did about what my neurologist said about my uh, brain structure, my MRI. Uh, and, I, and I think uh, that's probably true of most people with MS. We, what we care about is, can we do the things that we want to do? And th that's what I, I really like about this measure is it's lets people answer the question, can you do the stuff you really want to do? Yeah, no, I, I really like that as the clearest, best definition of quality of life. So thank you for, for sharing that. So I'm sure there are listeners to this podcast who are interested in participating in your study. Are you recruiting? We hope. Yes, we hope well, a lot of people are interested uh, in being our study because we want to recruit 156 people. Now, as of last week, we had 45, which means we still have 111 slots to fill as of last week. Uh, and so, yes, um, uh, we, we are still recruiting. We'd love to have your listeners uh, sign up. Well, what are the criteria for folks who want to be in your study? Um, you have to be between the age of 18 and 70. Uh, you must have relapsing, remitting multiple sclerosis. You need to be willing to come to Iowa, which is in the middle of the country, uh, uh, and come to Iowa City for a visit at month zero, month three, and month 24. Three trips to Iowa, okay. Three trips That's to that. Iowa, it's a beautiful state. Uh, and you'll have to be willing to be randomized. Uh, so that means that you come in, you get your baseline assessments, then we go through a randomization procedure, and uh, you get informed that you're in group one, two, or three uh, by the dietitian, who will then say, and I'm going to set up a Zoom call with you in the next week to go over the education. Uh, and then we'll have about a two-hour Zoom call. Uh, because, you know, it, there's a lot that you do that first visit with us in terms of uh, the clinical assessments uh, and then the MRI, uh, the blood draw. Uh, uh, so we, we don't, there's a very brief visit with the dietitian, but the, the big training visit is later because if you try to do it during the study visit, it, it's too much information. People get overwhelmed. So it works out much better if we uh, separate the education out. So how do people get the food that they're going to be eating in your study? Well, um, you're, going to, you're going to have to go to the grocery store, uh, get your own food, uh, uh, do some preparations. Uh, the intervention arm, uh, we, we do have a uh, application that uh, people uh, can have a food app for meal planning and recipes. Um, the control arm, there's a, a app for them as well uh, that we let people have, and that's the Dietary Guidelines app, uh, which it really has some great recipes and guidance on how to 
reduce the added sugars, have more vegetables, and have an overall healthier diet. So we have some tools. Um, we also, um, uh, you know, give um, uh, support. Our dietitians can help the intervention arm. Uh, people have questions. Uh, they also get a monthly call uh, to talk about whatever challenges they have uh, with their diet. Um, so lots of resources for all three arms uh, to help people meal plan, uh, uh, find recipes, uh, and learn some cooking strategies. So two years is a very long time for a diet study. I, I do know that from, from the research I've read, yeah. that that has been a challenge because it's difficult to support people through that long a period of time. So I guess the, the dietitians will be helping people stick with the program and... Correct. So um, the dietitians will certainly be very helpful. Uh, we have group calls. Uh, that participants are really enjoying. We have a uh, website uh, for each, for the two intervention arms where people can, again, get information and share um, uh, photos of their meals. People are enjoying uh, that. I sort of wish we would figure out a way to make a, a Facebook group for each arm, but our IRB said, mm -mm, no way. Yeah, you're not do doing that. I love the idea that of sharing, of pictures of the... Of I mean, that, that would have been uh, lots of fun, uh, but I, I certainly understand why the IRB said, mm -mm, no way, you can't do that. So is, is people's eating actually monitored? So I know when you're doing a study oh, and you're comparing yes. groups, it's really important to know that each group is yeah, what, either what you, getting what they think they're getting or doing what they're supposed to be doing. So how, how do you, you know, monitor that? So ideally what you do is put people in jail for two years uh, and feed them. But of course, uh, nobody would sign up for that and nobody's gonna fund something uh, so expensive. Uh, the next thing that you would do would be 24 uh, recalls uh, where you call people and do the uh, recalls. We, we did not have enough resources to do that. So then the third thing that you do is a very detailed uh, um, dietary questionnaire uh, about what you ate in the last month. Uh, uh, and so uh, dietary histone questionnaire number three, uh, which is developed um, uh, uh, for a cancer epidemiology, uh, we're using that. Uh, and uh, uh, I think that will be uh, very effective. So we're getting that at baseline uh, at uh, three months, uh, uh, 12 months, 18 months, and 24 months. To your knowledge, is this the longest diet study that will have been done? Well, this, this will be the longest diet study in the setting of multiple sclerosis yeah. that has been done. It's yeah. the longest study that has uh, these clinical outcomes uh, that include uh, vision uh, uh, um, and OCTs, MRIs, uh, and the quality of life. Uh, so. Um, we are also, of course, collecting a bunch of blood, a bunch of saliva that we're freezing because uh, I'll be writing more grants to do microbiome analyses and then metabolome analyses at the end. Or, you know, uh, um, our, my lab is in this really wonderfully unique position, I think because um, I, I'm so public about my story and my work and what I do, 
that we have really grateful donors that have funded a bunch of very interesting, innovative pilot studies. Uh, and so, I, you know, I, I'm very confident that I'll ultimately be able to analyze the microbiome and the metabolome, metabolome uh, at, at the end. And if I can't get, you know, if I'm not successful with grants, I anticipate that uh, we'll find another donor to help us with that as well. Okay. So I have one last question for you. And this, this is a personal one about you, um, really about grit and grace. So over the course of your career, you have faced a lot of doubt and a lot of criticism, particularly from the neurologic establishment who weren't so yeah. familiar with the concepts of, of wellness. Um, how did you find the energy and the patience to just keep moving forward with this? Um, a lot of pushback you've had over the years. An immense amount of push, pushback. Uh, uh, people condemned me. Uh, I went on interviews, people were sometimes incredibly harsh. Um, and my response is, you know, they need to do what they think is ethically correct. I um, have trigeminal neuralgia, incredibly painful uh, when it turns on. Uh, and in 2007, you know, I, I could not sit up anymore. Uh, my trigeminal neuralgia was more frequent, much more difficult to get turned off. I was just beginning to have brain fog. Uh, and my boss had told me his, his reassigned me to a new clinic that I, that I have to start in January that I knew I couldn't do, couldn't possibly do the, the work he was describing. So I was probably going to have to finally take medical disability. And then as we know, I, I finally get the pieces in place and you know, my energy comes back. Uh, I'm, I can sit up in a regular chair and then I can walk using walking sticks and then I can walk without walking sticks and then I can bike. Uh, and my chair of medicine is a rheumatologist. And he calls me in. I actually, you know, I, I came in for my two-year review. Uh, and he, I, I walked in, which I hadn't seen me walk, you know, in four years. He's like, uh, and so I explained what happened. And Dr. Rothman said, Terry, you got to write a case report. And I'm like, on me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to write a case report. So we got that done. Then he calls me back and says, you have to do a, a safety and clinical, a little feasibility study. And I'm like, but I don't know how to do clinical trials. Because I'll get you the mentors. You're, this, is, this is your assignment. You're doing it. So I salute and say, okay, I do that. And we have these amazing results with people who were, you know, walk, cane and walkers who are, are now jogging. And, you know, Ross, in 2007, I thought I was going to become bedridden, demented, and have to live with intractable trigeminal neuralgia permanently on. And I, I changed my living will. I changed my durable power of attorneys so that if I stop swallowing, because when it's on, swallowing and speaking triggers the pain. So if I stop swallowing, there'd be no feeding tube and no IV fluids. And I knew it was going to eventually turn permanently on. So that was the future that I, that I was clearly on track for. And now I'm on a future where I can bike, hike, uh, think clearly, do research. And I know there are hundreds of thousands of people with progressive MS 
And they, they could choose to wait for the randomized double-blind control trials, or they could decide that my message of eat more vegetables, meditate, insistency in a physical therapist getting exercise, is, is, is working your wellness is worth doing. And so I would tell my interviewers that you do what you feel is morally correct. I'm gonna tell people my story, the, the research that I'm doing, and if they feel like they want to try implementing this stuff with their primary care doc, they certainly can. And eventually, oh. people decided that I'm not so crazy. <laughs> you know, and they're citing my papers. Well, thank you for being patient with us. Um, you, you've, you've taught us all a lot to our benefit. So thank you so much for sharing this information about your current research and this very exciting clinical trial. Uh, to our listeners, if, if you want to learn more about this clinical trial, we've included links um, to additional information in the description of this podcast. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Hope to see you again, Dr. Wolf. I hope so. We've reached the end of another episode of the Can Do MS podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Rosalind Kalb. Thank you for listening. I'd also like to thank our sponsors for their generous support. And if you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the Can Do MS podcast and give us a rating and review. Thank you for tuning in.